Hey, y'all. Welcome to Truth's Table, Midwives of Culture for Grace and Truth. I'm McKemini. And I'm Christina. This table is built by Black women and for Black women. So welcome to the table, Christina. How you doing, girl? I am doing good today. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm really actually, I'm nervous and excited. <laughs> <laughs> how you how you really doing right now? <laughs> I'm good. I'm nervous and I'm excited about yeah. what is on the table today. We are talking about uh well, hidden in plain sight really black single black women. And so uh this is a topic that our listeners have been asking us to talk about, yeah, to is. discuss yeah, and bring is. to the table. Mm-hmm. And we promised them that we would, and uh because it's a important uh subject to talk about. And so uh we thought it would be wise to bring some wise uh single black women to the table. So we have Tasha, okay, founder of the Be the Bridge uh, Reconciler Extraordinaire at the table with us. (laughs) God bless her. She is everywhere and busy and she made time for little all of us. (laughs) Tasha, how you doing, girl? I am good. I am good. I'm hanging in there. (laughs) Yay. Yeah, thank you so much. Excited to be here and to talk about something different too yeah yeah because you know because you, you're a whole person tasha you a whole person you know, i'm okay. a whole person hallelujah <laughs> a whole person so yes we have tasha morrison here be the bridge um she is killing it out there for the lord and we also have lisa v fields founder and ceo president boss extraordinaire of Jew three project. So welcome to the table, Lisa. How you doing, girl? Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm good. I'm good. Yay. Mm-hmm. Good. No, uh, we was like, we gotta bring, we gotta bring some friends at the table. Y'all, y'all heard them in season one. So they're not, they're not strangers to y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but we figured it's an opportunity for us to talk about something that we I think it's fair to say the three of us rarely talk yeah. about this, right? Yeah. Um in our respective ministries. So I am, I get to actually be on this panel and Christina's <laughs> going to lead us today. So I'm excited and nervous, but I am excited. I got y'all. <laughs> I got y'all. I got y'all. Another, another reason why too, Kimberly, just to be, you know, we'll, we'll be all the way frank at the truth table table, uh, that we yes. position myself as the interviewer is because I've been married for a hundred thousand years. <laughs> so, <laughs> facts, facts, oh. facts, like a oh, really facts. long time. So, um, <laughs> I was born. I was born married. So, um, so yeah. So yeah, and I, and I think that honestly, people who are married sometimes have uh, too much advice to give. Uh, to well, single people. That doesn't mean we, we don't have some advice. I mean, we can say some things, but I, I, I do think it's oftentimes that people need to do some more listening instead of sharing. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to be the the person throwing out the questions and listening well to my lovely single sisters in the faith today. Um, and, you know, so the first thing I want to just hear both all of y'all chime in about, even when we thought about framing this, I think oftentimes people think of singleness as, um, hmm, they can be very, very extreme. You can have, you can have one side mm-hmm. that's like, I'm single, I'm free. I can do whatever I want to do. I'm never lonely, like just gangster. Okay. 
Um, and then you can have another side where it's like, I'm not complete. Like I can't even breathe until somebody snatch me up and marry me. Right. So I want, and, and here's the thing, the truth is people can have that same feeling within one week. Of, right. So, so I, I want, I don't, I want y'all to each talk about those polls that I just described and place yourself, place yourself in those polls. Mm. I do love y'all. <laughs> Christina like I mean, tell on hey, yourself look, right now. I, <laughs> go ahead, go for Lisa. Yeah, um, <laughs> I think I'm on the spectrum. I'm more towards I'm fine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that comes from me being busy mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. and trying to figure out you know, when I would have time for that, but it also comes from a place. I think the only time I'm maybe necessarily think about it is when I'm traveling and I travel a lot by myself. Mm-hmm. So it's like, man, I, it'd be good to have somebody to travel with. Um, but I'm not necessarily pressed to get married. It would be nice, but it's like not necessarily in the forefront of my mind at this time. Now, when I'm less busy, it does become something like, oh, I I think about a little bit more. But mm-hmm. now that I have like 50 million things going on, I'm not as pressed to do it. Um, and so, yeah, so that's where I kind of am on the spectrum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'll go next. Um, I think for me, I think, too, age plays into this. Um, I think, you know, at a mm-hmm. certain point, you know, you I don't think I've ever been. Um, in that place of, oh my goodness, I can't breathe if I'm not married. I've never been that because I think, I think just, right. yeah, that, that would be sad. I think because just <laughs> in my family, you know, like uh, marriage has never been an idol like that in a sense. Well, well, I know with some people, like everybody's always talking about it, but like in my family, it's all, it's, it's been a little mm-hmm. different um, culturally in my family. And I think for me, mm-hmm. um, you know, as you go through your 20s and, you know, in your 30s and you see your friends getting married, um, I, I remain hopeful because I see that what God has done in their life. And I know that, you know, my t- mm-hmm. time frame is not God's time frame. So I remain hopeful. But I think also on the other side of that, um, I try to live my life on purpose in that sense, you know, and I think understanding that in the midst of um, has given me some peace to say, you know, God, you got this, you know, and I had, I really, once I turned um, 40, I had to come to the resolve of understanding that, okay, if you never do this, you have to be enough. And I mean, mm. and, and that was something I wrestled, yeah. wrestled with for like two years. Like, you know, like I have to be okay um, w- with that and, and, and understand this is the path that I have. So I think some of it, there's a, um, a, a death that I had to go through as far as like um, children and different things yeah. like that. So I would say I'm, I'm in that um, forefront, like I am hopeful and um I'm open to what God has, but it's not going to deter me, um, you know, take me off track or or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I want to remain open um, to what God has, but I'm not going to um, just put all of my focus and energy. I mean, people out here dying in these streets, you know, I'm just (laughs) 
I feel like my life is um, full, you know, I feel like my life is full, but I, you know, but I, you know, it's full to the sense where I think uh, where, what God has done, but is that full to the point where I'm not like, I can't, I'm not going to sit up here in line and say, Oh, I don't never think about it. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, you think about those things, you know, um, but to dwell there and to let that, those thoughts control my life. That's not something that I do. Yeah. And I, I would say, um, uh, thank you for, for sharing all of that too, Tasha. Um, I, I, cause you're right. Age does play a factor. I feel like in my twenties, I was a little bit more on the, the latter half, which was kind of ironic cause I'm no longer in my twenties and I'm well into my thirties now. But in my twenties, I was more like, if I don't get married, I can't breathe. And you know, it was more of an idol for me in my, in my twenties. And I was 23, like really had all the time in the, in the world. Right. Um, which was, yeah, it's just so funny now you look back and think. Mm-mm. Youth is wasted on the young, <laughs> but uh, I think back. <laughs> Help us! And uh, I'm like, I think back then it was really an idol for me, and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna get married. I, I felt mm. like my worth was attached to my um, to my uh, mar- relationship status, I should say. Um, and then I worked through, had to do a lot of soul work through that, of course, through my, with my mentor, prayer, accountability partners, and mm-hmm. therapy. Um, go to therapy, everybody. <laughs> and, uh, and, and so working through all of that, and that was something that the Lord helped to uproot for me. So I'm grateful for that. That was kind of probably toward the latter half of my twenties that I was able to really um, come up off of that, um, that idol that I had. And so, but now that I'm in my thirties though, and, and I go in and out like like early in my early 30s. I was kind of like, eh, I'm good. Or even even two years ago, I was probably like, I'm good. If I never get married, then God will, you know, like then that's just what it is. And God will take care of me. But you go I you go through these cycles where you go up and down. I think even in a given day, <laughs> you start off. I'm good today. Tonight, you're like, no, I'm not. You know, um, and so but I think even now, I think I, now as I'm getting older, I, I do feel that that pressing. I would, not a, not to the point of where it's idolatry, where it was for me in the 20s, but it is like, Lord, if you're going to do this and I'm going to have kids, if you're going to do this, then there's a certain window that's going to have to happen in order in order for this to actually become a reality. Uh, but I, I've had to put it to myself and realize that what God, because, you know, the scripture talks about, um, I think it's in Psalm 84, 11, that no good thing does God withhold from those, you know, who love him and seek him. And if God is withholding this good thing, which marriage is a good desire, then it means it must not be good for me right now. And I think, or, or, or it might not good be good for me personally ever. I don't, I don't know. Only God knows, you know, and I think that's a jagged little oh, pill yeah. for people to swallow, but mar- marriage is not a blood bought promise. Look, I didn't search the scriptures, mm-hmm. y'all. It just isn't. Um, and so we have to uh, find that security and that contentment in God. Um, so, yeah, so I guess my question, my, I'm saying I'm on a spectrum in a bit, you know, <laughs> I've kind of gone away from the idolatry piece, but there is that desire and I'm not going to feel ashamed yeah. for that desire because I think people try to shame you for that. Uh, but I'm not going to feel ashamed for desiring that. And I'm not going to be, I'm not going to, um, how can you say, 
be told, you know, how I should uh, go about this and what I should do. There is no formula, really. There's just not a formula to it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. I can keep yeah. talking. But I'm not going now, you're going to talk some more. You're going to talk some more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, what's going on? It sounds like obviously there's a spectrum, right? That varies based on what's happening in people's, people's yeah. lives, right? And, um, mm-hmm. in what ways would you say, that the church and the church's theologies have been helpful and hurtful to single black women. That's a dissertation for you all yeah. to write, by the way. <laughs> it's a book. It's a Check, book. Um, <laughs> I think the first thing would be the overemphasis on mm-hmm. romantic love mm-hmm. and not a lot about platonic mm-hmm relationships mm. and finding intimacy mm-hmm. in platonic relationships. That's good. Um, and so it's almost like it, the only time mm. you can find intimacy is with romance. Mm. Well, that leaves people who aren't married out um, without hope for intimacy. Yeah. Because we say intimacy is not sexual or romantic romantic explicitly mm. but when we talk about it we mm. only talk about marriage examples yep and mm. so subconsciously i think that creates in people's minds this idea that in order to have intimacy with another person um it has to be romance we have to be married because that's the quote-unquote deepest mm. you, relationship you can have and mm-hmm. i think it just leaves people that are single um with a mm. kind of hopelessness mm. Um, because marriage is not a promise. And I think um, if we're going to if if we're going to have be able to have healthy singles in our churches, we really have to talk about, you know, what relationships look like that are platonic and how they can be fulfilling um, just like romantic mm. relationships. That's really good. That's good. I think for mm. me, I That's grew boring. up in like, um, you know, not grew up, but like my earlier years I was in more of a legalistic environment and so it was kind of like if you were friends with uh, a guy then it was like you're you're dating to be married and I think that pressure um, especially on women and guys it 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 developed a lot of unhealthy ways um, in myself and how to have platonic relationships with people and so I had to do kind of like a unlearning mm-hmm. Um, of a lot of those behaviors and uh, unlearning on, okay, how we, you know, we're designed for relationship. You know, this is my brother in Christ. You know mm-hmm. how, you know, we can, you know, watch the game. We can be down. We can um, have, you know, have fun without it mm-hmm. having to yep. be romantic. And I think that's one of the things where I think the church doesn't teach that well. And I think mm-hmm. it goes back to, you know, how many single pastors do you know that are having to live this out? And, you know, a lot of our pastors, they get married really young, you know? And so, and so, you know, so a part of that, you know, their journey and how, you know, so they're speaking to a lot of times to married couples, but not teaching single people how to be single, you know? And, um, but really when, 
mm-hmm. it's there in scripture. I mean, let's, mm-hmm. I mean, let's look at oh, sure. who wrote, you know, majority of the new Testament. You know, if we, if we look at in scripture and how mm-hmm. the life was li- lived and how yeah. it was yeah. like almost better to be single, you know, in, in that sense and how there's been this, this change mm-hmm. of things mm-hmm. and how, um, um, churches are more family centered and everything mm-hmm. is built around the family unit. Um, but as a single family also, you know, and so, but we don't emphasize mm-hmm. that part. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, you know, churches putting more emphasis on like me as a, a single, I am a part of this family and how do you be more inclusive? And um, there was this lady, I used to take a Bible study with her name is um, Jackie. And she really helped mm-hmm. open my eyes just to some some new ways and how she saw, um, she really got it as far as it, what it meant to be single and to live your life, you know, um, you know, um, full of purpose mm-hmm. and under God's plan and, um, and having covenant relationships with married people in the sense of friendships, you know? And so she really, she really got that. And I think that helped me to kind of rethink and, um, what, what I thought of, of building platonic friendships, um, was like with uh, the opposite sex or something like that. So, yeah, I think um, that is good. I, you know, I got a couple things. <laughs> I think, uh, <laughs> right. No, legitimately, I think about, I have about three things. Um, so I think <laughs> the first thing uh, that comes to mind for me is uh, our perspective isogetical, I think, interpretations, mm-hmm. particularly uh, of scripture, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking here of Proverbs 18.22, he who finds a wife finds a good mm-hmm. thing and receives from the Lord. You know, we quote that ad nauseum, which is true and good. Um, but Proverbs is not always, it's not prescriptive always. And so that's not to say that that precludes women, like, you know, from actually, huh, there's a nice guy over there. Why don't I go approach him and talk yeah. to him? You know, like that, that is like, it's forbidden, right? In the church, that, at least that's mm-hmm. what's implicitly or sometimes explicitly mm-hmm. taught. Actually, I'm just trying to be fair here, but it's actually more explicitly taught. You know, that you wait, you take, you, you're passive, you wait for the guy to come. And yet we take charge in every other area of our life. But yet when it comes to this, we're supposed to just sit by, look pretty, right? Because that's all we're good for. Mm. Um, and And just wait. Right. Um, which I, I just don't I don't subscribe to that. I don't believe that that um, that a woman can't approach a man if, or she can't shoot her shot. I don't believe that. Now, personally, I'm not wired that way. <laughs> like I'm, I tend I, I tend to be much more reserved just by nature it, when that when it comes to that area of my life. Um, but I don't think that women can't, you know, if they see somebody they can't approach and hey, strike up a conversation with a guy, whatever. So I think that's one thing uh, that I uh, that I've noticed. Um, another another issue that I that I, I I believe the church um, has unfortunately um, done some damage and harm to it, uh, with is uh, just this um, this biblical manhood and womanhood stuff that's like made up. Like, you know, like that is it's reactionary, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's in response to oh the onslaught of feminism and all this stuff, as if being an anti-misogynist is not something we should all be about. Um, we, we got like, a low what? bar, Saints. We got a what? low bar. What is happening? Why are you don't help women. us? Help us. 
I'm like, oh my God. So, like, so I think that there's ways where that in, in certain circles, right? So particularly for uh, women that happen to be in uh, white evangelical spaces, the, that those um, standards are um, conformed to white middle-class values, right? And so things that a, a black woman are, is not going to be simply because she is black, right? Um, and has a different culture and has a different expression and those things are maligned um, or or demonized, really. Uh, and so they are quite literally the black sheep, right, of the congregation overlooked. Um, and particularly black men in those spaces begin to imbibe um, this doctrine and start to believe that, oh, my my ticket to acceptance, my way to toward, um, I guess you could say, um, how can you say prestige or title in these circles is for me to go marry a white woman and not even consider marrying my sister. And so I'm just, I'm just speaking from what I see uh. and from what I understand. I'm not even in, you know, a, a white church, but I see how this, how this plays out. Um, and as someone who understands the power and the strength of black love, like I can't, I can't ignore that and act like that's not a real thing. So I think some of that, the, the, that doctrine there um, definitely comes into play. And even what uh, Lisa brought up about friendship, like the way that we uh-huh. demean friendship, like we do not have a high view of that. And friendship is eschatological, uh-huh. right? Because we are friends of God. There will not be marriage in the eschaton uh, because now the, the bride has now been joined with the bridegroom now, the bride who is the church. And so I think that because we diminish friendship, we uh, mm. we unnecessarily and maybe in- inadvertently create uh, a caste system mm-hmm. within the church, uh, and 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 due to idolatry, mm. right? Um, and so there's a host of us that are just languishing. I would say honestly, um, in the pews, you know, because the pastor doesn't come check on us. They don't know what's really going on in our lives. They're not celebrating the good things that are happening in our lives. Like it is until you get married or get engaged, it's almost as if some sort of achievement level. Marriage is not an achievement. It's not, it is a gift that God gives by his grace and we praise God for it, but it's not an achievement. There's not some, there's no, you know, way to go about, you know, being, you know, it's not like you're going to college applying for something. It's just something that (laughs) the Lord ordains or he doesn't ordain in your life. I mean, Golly. So, so anyway, so I can go on and on, but those are my things. I'm going to just put those things out there. <laughs> oh, good. Now, look, that, that, that picture imagery in my head of people applying for marriage, like they apply for college. Just, <laughs> that just, that just tickled me. Although I, I, I won't, I won't lie to you. I do as somebody who has a background in family therapy, marriage and family therapy system. I'm like, people should submit applications. <laughs> well, Come on, somebody. Okay. This might, this oh might help us a lot if we put up some applications. Um, okay. So Background checks. Hey, hey, it's, it's serious business. Find your most discerning friend and ask some serious questions. For real. For real. So, you know what? I, so, it is not lost to me that we're having this conversation as four Black women in a society that has uh, his, historically and presently and systemically uh, denigrated and created disparities among Black peoples, but the way that that expresses itself through the marginalization of Black men in one very practical way is about the availability of marriageable Black men. And um, and I just, one, I'd love to get your thoughts about that. Um, 
And what, you know, what does that even, <laughs> how does that even hit you? I mean, like, there are people who would debate like, no, that's not true. There's just as many. And I won't even get into the numbers. Like there, there are some differences, Saints. There's some yeah. differences, right? Yeah. So there, there's a higher likelihood for just about every other racial ethnic group of women to marry uh, in comparison to black women. Um, and that yeah. and and that was not the case up until uh, even around the 1950s, 1960s. We, that is still mm-hmm. much more comparable. We've had significant changes from the Vietnam War to the war on drugs. I mean, just boom, 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 boom. Right. That have really changed yeah. all kinds of communal dynamics um, to the point that we can have a show like this right now. <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, I, I want to hear your thoughts thoughts about that? What does that mean, not necessarily for you, but for other other Black women? Um, and how does the church respond to that? Does that create some kind of potential um, crisis or additional temptation uh, for, for people who have less marriageability options, if they even have a desire? Yeah, I think that's a very important thing that we should remember yeah. about the number of available Black men. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, mass incarceration um, and also the the probability of women that are educated to find someone that's educationally they're equal Mm -hmm. Um, you know that that's um, a dynamic too a lot of people don't want to think about Uh, I was it's funny I was talking to a a pastor and I was talking to him about you know a prospect Mm. And bum, bum, um, bum. he was like, so <laughs> where, where did he say, well, where did he go to school? And I was like, uh, uh, they're trying to connect me with him, but I don't think he went to school. He's, mm-hmm. And he was like, Lisa, the circles that you function in and the people that you talk to, you need to have, you need to have somebody that's educationally your equal. Mm. And then that just brings the probability down as well for for a black woman um how do you feel about that how did i feel about that yeah what do you i i i agree with it cuz that's kind of where mm-hmm. i already was and and the person that was trying to introduce me to this person knew that was kind mm-hmm. of my standard mm-hmm. but they were like i think you should just take a break and just try to date this person and i was just like mm-hmm. this life like where they are, what they're doing in their career just doesn't seem like it, but I was going to give it a shot, but Mm -hmm. I had just talked to a pastor friend that I trust and he was like, nah, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. but you know, those are some things that I think, you know, as women who are educated, we have to, Mm -hmm. you know, wrestle with as well. Like that's another barrier for entry as far as um, Mm -hmm. marriage. That's true. I mean, there's um, New York Times uh, published an article mm-hmm. back in 2015, April 2015, entitled 1.5 million missing black men. Um, so cities and cities with the most missing black men are actually, well, there's more than just three, but I'm just going to name the top three, which is New York, Chicago yeah. and Philly. Um, they have over 42 percent, I think, um, of, of black men that are missing. And uh, so, yeah, I mean. There, so like for me in my own ministry, when I'm talking about systemic racism and things like you know, and talk, you know, talking to people that are not familiar with it or whatnot, it's like this ain't a game for us. Like you know, this ain't a theory. We're living this. Like you're talking about a, a, a generation that might be lost. 
<laughs> simply because I'm not, I may not ever get married and have kids. Like, you know, like this is, this is not, and it's not just me, right? It's, it's so many of us. Um, and I think that there are real, um, there's a, there's a real cost, you know, uh, to racism, white supremacy in this country. There's, there's a, a, a real agenda, um, to destroy the black family, um, and, and incarcerating and caging, um, mm-hmm. our men and women, um, is one of those strategies. And so that's not something it, it's not, it's not a game, you know, and it's, it's not something that to, that's to be taken lightly. Um, but yeah, I mean, I do think about those stats and, you know, I, I'm, I'm well aware that, you know, over 35% of black women over the age of 25 or older would not get married. I know that. Uh, but I also do know eventually about 75%, um, of black women do end up getting married. They just get, mm-hmm. end up getting married older. Right. Um, but, I don't know. I mean, just to be honest, I really, really, truly do not believe that marriage is for just for white people. Right. There's this book called Is Marriage <laughs> Only for White People? No, I don't. I don't believe that. I just I, I refuse to believe like, no, I refuse to believe that. And so for me and yes, I'm, I, I see the numbers, you know, I understand the stats and, you know, I'm, I'm currently living them. But um, like I said earlier, I do believe yeah. that the Lord can do For that sure. if it's his will, really. And so, and I, like I said, I do believe in the strength and the power of black love. And I want to marry black man. Point blank, period. And I'm not going to apologize for that. And so that's my prefer- preference. That's my desire. If God shifts it, then I'm going to move with God and do what, you know, do what he's calling me to do. But that's my desire and that's my preference. And I don't, and I, um, I, I this very paternalistic, you know, approach where, People are, 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 you know, condescending to black women, telling them, no, you need to do this. You need to, almost as if it's our fault. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that we're single where it's like, well, your standards are too high. You're you're too picky. You're this, you're that. No, nobody says that to white women. Nobody says that to Asian women. Nobody says that to um, to uh, our Latina women. Nobody says that right. to anybody else but us. Um, and so uh, so that's something I, I'm just like, I, I don't know. I, I'm a hold on. I'm yet holding on. I'm glad you brought that up, Eve, because I was thinking, what has been some of the, some of the advice, or so so advice in order to make oneself, you know, more appealing, right? To 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 live more into that idea which you just presented. Yeah. There's something wrong with you. Like you could, if you would just do this, then this would happen, right? Um, so I want to have a sense of maybe mm-hmm. some of the advice that you've been given, but also maybe some of the the statements of insensitivity, like so, we talk about racial microaggressions, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I think mm-hmm. that there's a, a compounding element, right, for uh, people based on their various identities. But to be a single black woman in the church, the types of microaggressions that you might experience in those spaces as well, people's assumptions about you, right? Um, so yeah, so I'm curious uh, that mm. so, unhelpful advice that you would offer listeners to not tell people. Um, <laughs> And and also maybe some things that you've heard that have that have stung a little bit, um, and so that people will know how to really be more loving to their neighbor. Um, calling me Mrs. because you assume I'm married because of what I do. Oh, uh, come happens. on, Lisa. Oh, happens frequently. Um, I've seen my name on oh. programs as Mrs. and I'm like, Girl, they got you. I'm not they got wow. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think that's the, the, the assumption. <laughs> yeah, I know it's a proper lie because they haven't changed my proper last name. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the assumption that you cannot do this unless you're married with a with a husband. Yeah. 
Um, and so mm-hmm. I've seen that. Or where's your husband? Or who is your husband? Or um, people actually trying to pry and see what my relationship status is mm-hmm. uh, that are not genuinely mm-hmm. concerned, but just, you know, when a person is concerned and when a person is nosy. Yeah. Um, and that just, I think it stems from me traveling or when are you going to get married or when are you going to have kids? I think those are things that I hear often that it's just like, um, yeah, mm. you know, you don't know if it's a good day for me or a bad day. Mm. And you adding that pressure just makes it mm. can be, you know, yeah. just unnecessary yeah. stress. I, I think for, um, for me, I think, you know, with having been on staff at um, several churches, I think the, in hiring, you know, um, sometimes like in certain positions, if you're not, um, you know, married, um, you're disqualified because the church likes the idea of, you know, the family unit. And that Mm. if I hire you as a female, first of all, I'm already a female. I'm a black female at that, you know? Um, and, and so I, I hire you, but then you're a single black Mm -hmm. female, you know, um, like, just that they don't even know what to do with Girl. that, you know, um, especially in a, you know, in settings like majority of my work um, on, you know, in staff has been in predominantly white churches, you know. And so I think churches, you know, having them, I think like there's this fear mm-hmm. of if I hire single women, then, um, you know, they you know, something's bad going to happen to my married men. You know what I'm saying? Just even, just even in that thought process, you know, um, not knowing mm-hmm. how to show people have to get going back to what Lisa said, having to, to have um, healthy platonic relationships. Like I don't, I don't want your husband, <laughs> you know, um, uh, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm. but this is a part of my calling, you know, um, to the local church. And so I think, you know, just churches um, not, allowing, um, you know, someone being single to disqualify them, whether they're male, you know, or female, you know, I think, um, Mm. so those are, you know, Mm. some of the things that, that stand out, you know, for me, uh, what I don't want people to do. And then the other thing is, you know, um, talking, you know, I don't like when people come to me and say, oh, so are you going to have children? Uh, You know, like maybe I don't want children, Maybe I don't want children. I, I mean, mm-hmm. for real, like, you know, and, and that's oh just something I, I've had to wrestle yeah. with, you know, with my, you know, where I am now and my age, like I've never been the one that said, I'm going to have, you know, three kids and a dog and a husband and a picket. I've never said that. I, I would say <laughs> I wanted one child. I was the only child until I was like almost 17, but I would say I wanted one child um, growing up because other people said that they were, they wanted children, but, you know, but then I wanted to make sure that that's just not me, um, um, you know, projecting something or like, you know, is there something else there? Am I saying that because there's a fear because it may not happen. So I'm trying to prepare myself in that sense, but is that something that I really desire? And that's something that I'm walking through now where, you know, uh, when I hold a baby, you know, it's not like, Oh, so bad you know like I've never been like that and but it doesn't mean to say that mm-hmm. God won't do that you know um, I've been blessed to have some mm-hmm. beautiful nieces and nephews and godchildren. I, I feel like I have a lot of um, um, you know kids in my life I've done youth ministry and children's ministry and all those different things and if even if I don't have children mm-hmm. out of my own body then there's other 
options for me. You know, there's other options for me. And so I think some sometimes yeah. focusing on that. Yeah. Um, and I started, you know, just probably maybe about a year or two ago, I went through, I felt like kind of like a crisis in that, th- that thinking like, oh my God, if I don't have children, who's going to take care of me? Like I'm be old and all mm. alone. And I, and I, I'm just going to be honest. I'm gonna keep it real yeah. with you, but that's been probably some of my more recent battles of is, is growing old alone. Mm. Um, I think, you know, and, and so yeah. I'm just really, you know, talking to God, but mm-hmm. I think some of the things, um, God is pointing out is, you know, your friendships, your relationships, your family, you know, um, you know, my cousins, you know, different, I have a lot of, I have a lot of relationships mm-hmm. in my life. And so not believing this guy that mm-hmm. I'm going to grow old, um, you know, alone, mm-hmm. you know, in that sense. And so, and, you know, and no telling what guy can do, but I think just some of those things you feed into those fears that we're already have, instead of helping me with that fear and that insecurity that I'm having, your mm-hmm. comments mm-hmm. are feeding mm-hmm. that fear and that insecurity that I may have. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Um, I think um, when I think about, you know, advice or whatever things that people have said, I think there's been a couple of things. Uh, One, I guess the first thing I want to lead with is just this. um, If I'm honest, I I don't always Mm -hmm. feel safe as a single black woman in ministry Um, Mm -hmm. because of the work that I do. uh, I have been subject to threats uh, to my to my person. Uh-huh. Uh, I've had people um, come looking for me mm-hmm. and me not having, say, backup. Say if I go on a trip, right? Typically people will bring their spouse. Well, I ain't got a spouse. Like, you know, and so it's usually just, it's me having to deal with everything. having to deal with onslaught of attacks and things like that um, because I'm all I got. You know, I got Jesus, but Jesus ain't finna come back down here and <laughs> fight my battles in the, physically so I have to do this right uh I mean that would be awesome but <laughs> but uh so I think that something is just that there's your I notice how yeah, vulnerable I, I am and I know that's not cool to admit mm-hmm. but it, it's just the reality um that's just that's what's real um and I and I and when I think about the old testament I think that single black I think not just I guess single black women in this context that we're talking about I think that we are the widows you know, of, of, of society. I think that we would fall under that back bracket. Um, and that, that means that we should be given the most honor actually, uh, <laughs> if we were actually living out the Bible, if I got some Bible readers here, um, that's what should be happening. Right. So, um, and so I think about that. And then I think about like the fact that if you're, if you're just even mildly attractive, you're seen as a predator. And that's been my own experience too. You're seen as you're treated as suspicious or a predator or someone that's trying to go steal somebody's husband. Like, I promise you, I do not want your husband. Like, I promise you. Like, like, like you know, and I, and I think that that predatorial, that even that assumption of somebody who's seeking, you know, to, to prowl around almost like, like the devil or something seeking to, you know, um, mm-hmm. get somebody's husband that, that right there is a product of rape culture, right? Because you're just reduced down right mm-hmm. to your physical appearance. And that's, it's another form of objectification. And so that's something that I've experienced too, where I'm not always trusted just because of my appearance, because I'm put together. Uh, I like to look good and look alive. Um, and so that, you know, so that, that's something that I've, I've experienced. Like, what? Can I live? No? Okay. Um, so, so, um, 
And something else that I, I that has been a, a big issue too is just that though friends are so well-meaning mm-hmm. and I love them to death, you know, but I don't want my singleness to be seen as a problem to solve. Yeah. I'm a full image, uh, image bearer, uh, made in the image of God, just like you, with passion, desires, gifts, and leanings, and all these mm-hmm. things, right? Um, and so I'm, I'm not a problem to solve. I'm a, I'm a person to be loved, you know, and, mm-hmm. and to be loved fully. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think it's this, you know, sometimes it feels like a jigsaw. It's like, oh, this guy didn't work out. What about this one? And what about this mm-hmm. one? It's like, you just feel like pe- people just trying to hook you up with just any and any and everybody. And it's like, no, like that person's just my friend. And that's okay that that person's just my friend. Like, you know, so I think those are, those are some things that I, I run into. And if, and if somebody <laughs> ever comes up to me and says, Oh, why you ain't married? You ain't. And I always kick it back to them. Are you praying? Are you praying? So, because that's, because that, because that's, uh, it's only God can do this. Like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like I always kick it back to them and that kind of shuts them up. But you know, like, but really you gotta be able, cause it's like, really, I was like, I promise you, you, you don't want this for me more than I want it for myself. I promise yeah, you, yeah. you do not want it for me more than I want it for myself. Yeah. And so those are some things that, you know, bubble up anyways for me. So as one who's never been in a relationship, which I've written about, um, and I wrote an article about it. Um, it's called Singleness, My Only Companion. Uh-huh. Um, and so people were shocked by that. But yeah, I don't think relationship status is not predicated upon our appearance, contrary to popular uh-huh. belief. It don't matter what you look like. Really, yeah. It does yeah. not. At the end of the day, it's what has God apportioned for you? Um, and we got to live into that. Because believe me, there's some of everybody out there married. <laughs> you know? Well, some very <laughs> yes. I'm very mean. Yes. That are not, right? Yes. So yes. Funny. I've that, seen it. I've seen that, it. Mar- marriage um, can be equal opportunity in that sense. Right? That's, 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 that's good. Hello. But Hello. I love what you said. You know, that's one of the things I, you know, tell my friends. Well, are you praying? Are you praying? Like, like yeah. don't let me. I'm not owning this by myself, but this is what I need you to pray for. <laughs> You know, and, you know, and let's talk about this, you know, because Mm -hmm. the things that I know that, uh, you know, I I got me, I can, I can, I can handle me, but, Mm. you know, there's some things that, you know, you as my friend, you know, that you can pray into um, for me, you know, you know, so that's, that's the thing I, so I kind of do that too, you know, are you praying? (laughs) And then sometimes that does. No, no, no. Right. And oh. if you're complaining about your spouse to me all the time and then ask me when I get well, well, okay, okay, oh, no, 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 no. And sometimes the thing is, is that married people are living vicariously through single people. Mm. So I don't, I don't know whether or not single people have a have a sense of that, but mm. as, as a married person talking to y'all, that that is what happens sometimes. That married people live through vicariously they kind of reenact either either they try to see something positive happen when they're in a broken situation through their single friend or or they're trying to see kind of a reenactment or reoccurrence of a, of a particular love narrative in someone else right so um, romantic love narrative mm. so uh, so that so that, so in a sense it is kind of a vicarious dynamic that can happen people can you know so look this saturday uh, is when what the royal wedding is going to be happening <laughs> And mm-hmm. we we are in the states, but it's gonna be on the TV uh-huh. <laughs> because a whole lot of folks who are don't know it are so disconnected from that that country, that nation, that culture are gonna be kind of living through that vicarious 
fairy tale moment, right? And um, and 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 it's what's interesting about it. I mean, obviously there are all kinds of bad things about idolizing marriage, but I think at its best, every good story points to the gospel, and it is in any way in which uh, the unity of marriage points to uh, Jesus and His church. I think that's a, that's a there's something about that love story that's compelling if it is pointing to Jesus. So sometimes we get stuck on the symbol and not on the the, the purpose of the symbol, right? So marriage is the symbol, but the purpose is to point us to Jesus's deep, abiding, eternal love for the church. Um, yeah. So we get we get real we get real caught up on that symbol, and we're like, you know, it's supposed to be about Jesus, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so we have yeah. we have missed that yeah. sometimes, you know. Um, so, so my guess is, you know, I'm no psychic or prophet, but my guess is that each of you have been called intimidating at some point. I'm just going, I'm just going to throw that out there. Um, <laughs> I've never heard that in my life. <laughs> Look, somebody's saying it right now about you. Um, <laughs> just just and smile. Although you are highly, highly. You need to smile more. You need to sna- You need to just smile more. <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh gosh! Put on earrings, girl. So, so, but, but, I, so, obviously, that that is is such a man, that's such a trigger, particularly for women, but women of color, women of color who are academically accomplished, women of color who are leaders in their own right in a variety of ways. That sense of being intimidating, but, but, I, I want to push into it and say uh, and ask you your thoughts about this. You are all three women who are in ministry. And people in ministry, male or female, do trigger people's kind of weirdness and insecurity and discomfort and don't really know how to be around. Mm. And and I, I'm wondering how you negotiate, not just, you know, there'll be, there'll be single black women listening to this, but you're, you're not just single black women. You're single black women who are also in ministry, who and all three of you can yeah. open up a text and, and get stuff right real quick. Um, <laughs> which, which, which should be something that we praise, but it's not, it's not, it's something that intimidates people. And instead of saying like, man, what a godly quality in that woman, people sometimes look at women who are gifted to teach and to exhort and to love people through God's word as if they're somehow particularly threatening or, or out of order in some way. So mm-hmm. I want to, I want to have a sense of how you manage that dynamic. Cause that's a, that's a gift and a call and uh, for you all, but at the same time, recognizing that it could be, um, it can, it adds to that myth- mythology of intimidation. Well, for me, I, it's, it's, it's very interesting to see interaction with men that are in ministry because I, you know, I hear that they, I'm intimidating. It's interesting for me that I have a, in, when I was in undergrad and I wasn't as serious about my faith early on my first year of college, it was easier to date a man that wasn't a believer mm-hmm. than it is to well, date Christ, Christian men. Oh, go there. Um, go they're, on not, they're not yeah. intimidated. Um, I mean, even when I'm approached by men that aren't really as serious about their faith, that the fact that I am serious about my faith and I'm p- passionate about what I'm doing, it's more of appreciation. Um, but when I'm talking to Christian men, it's more of, oh, I don't know if I could, I'll be able to lead you because you seem like you don't need that direction from me. Mm. So it's 
almost an, an intimidation as you spoke to. Um, and then my, by me leading a ministry, I think that's another level of tim- intimidation. Um, I get over it because I just refuse to date preachers, but that's a whole nother. <laughs> okay. That, that's, that's called part two. Yeah. I've had the worst time. This is a sidebar. I've had the worst experience <laughs> dating preachers. I just wear the somebody. <laughs> Don't want to do it. Um, but come on, come on Lisa. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that would be my own. Yeah, that's a whole nother conversation that's I could so go funny. into. But 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 look, but you know you can get tricked because I, I married a man that was gonna be a physicist. And 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 then he and, and then you know and, and probably well. a deacon in the church. And now I'm married to a man who is a he's the same man, y'all, same man who's a pastor. Mm. So sometimes you're like, you know, they, they, they you start at one place, you end somewhere else. So, but I definitely was one of those hardcore. I will never marry a preacher. Like I will never do that. And not because I even had traumatic experiences. I just thought that's not something I would want to do. But the Lord is so funny. Be careful about what you say you're gonna do. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my gosh. That intimidation factor, man, I've been hearing that all my life, even back when I was basic. So I just, I'm like, what, man? Look, I mean, I'm serious. I'm like, I've been hearing this all my life and this and that. But I I actually think I'm quite, uh, when talking to somebody um, interpersonally, I actually think I'm warm. I mean, Christina knows me best, so she could check me even right now live. But I actually think I'm, I think I'm actually warm, particularly especially if I'm, uh, you know, talking to somebody or getting to know somebody. I actually think I'm pretty warm and approachable and all of those things. But, uh, but as far as the credentials go and all that, you know, honestly, at first when the Lord had um, called me to go to seminary, I, mm. that was one of my hesitations and reservations. Um, I'm still in my twenties. And so I was like, Oh Lord, if I, I feel like if I go get this MDiv, it's going to really seal the deal. Like I feel it <laughs> really ain't going to get married ever in life. And so, um, and so I think that that was one of my fears. So I think in some, in, in that moment, I think in some ways I was like, Ooh, like, like there's a mm. sense when, when, and where you, you feel like maybe mm. if I just dumb myself down, if I water myself down, then you know, and then maybe somebody would choose me or then maybe I'll be sought after or whatever. Um, never did that by God's grace. Come on, Jesus. He's a keeper. Um, uh, he kept me in my right mind. Uh, but you know, I, I think that there's a temptation and I, I, I would imagine that maybe some, some women have been tempted to do that. And maybe some women have done that. I don't know. Uh, but I have heard that intimidation yeah. factor because, you know, you, as you said, you know, our credentials and what I do and uh, anti-racism work and systematic, theology, all that stuff can be mm-hmm. intimidating, but it really should be a, right. an asset. And to the right person, it will be that. Um, um, and if that person is not right yet, then the Lord is going to give him some come on up anointing um so that he can rise you know to that level that's yeah. needed right in order to uh um to to be able to walk with you um and and that and i'm not mm. saying it has to be a one-for-one match for i don't need another i do not need to <laughs> right, marry right. a theologian I, I promise you yeah. but i do need Hello. to read a bible i need to marry Come a bible on. reader and i need to marry i need to i need to marry a jesus lover that's really important and who loves him in body and soul Okay. Um, and I mean that, that, that's, a, that has to be, and that to me is not a high, that's not, 
a high standard. Oh, yeah. come on. That's just basic if you're Someone Christian. that can pray. Like, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Just the, the basis, you come know on, what I'm saying? Son. Like, I think, you know, I think for me, my boldness and um, my strength, you know, it's a part of who I am. So, I, I you know, I want to marry someone mm. that can see that as an asset, but not something that's to conquer or to diminish, you know, but something to, li- to, to lift up that, that can join me in that. Yeah. And so I think the whole intimidation thing, you know, just, you know, I've led, um, I've had, you know, been in a lot of positions where I've had to lead men. And because of my upbringing and because of how I grew up, you know what? I never gave a, cer- a second thought, you know, to it just because of the first environment that I was in. I saw so many women, um, you know, leading. When I came to faith, you know, it was under a, a female pastor who let who was leading men and mm-hmm. female, you know, uh, males and females. And so yep. I saw it done so well and just in a healthy manner that for me, um, I had something to model. So I, so there were things that you know maybe insecurities mm-hmm. that people may have put up placed on me that I didn't have. Like even when I walk into a room, you know, it wasn't until I start, you know, went into the white church more so that I started, you know, seeing that, Oh, things are done a little different here, but you know what? Yeah. You hired me. Yeah. And so I'm bringing all of myself to this table yes. and I'm going to be who God <laughs> created me to be, whether you like it or not, you know, in that sense. And, and in mm-hmm. most cases, you know, um, especially in my, the, you know, the last church that I was on staff with, you know, that was a, you know, they understood that. And I never felt like, um, you know, with um, the pastors that I led with there, mm-hmm. that I was less than because I was a female or because I was a single, you know, like I, I would get questions on, you know, um, you know, questions yeah. about, okay, how do you think, what you think I should do with my son with this, you know, and I love when people are, they include me in their world don't don't not include me because i don't have children because i have mothered a lot of children you know in that sense and you know and even with my friends you know like you know my friends i the the great thing about i have you know my close core group of friends they they've modeled some they have great marriages and they've modeled a lot and i know Mm. there's certain need you know as being married and everything but you know they they include me in their world so which it it really helps me now now some conversation now there's a couple conversations they start having i'm like wait a minute sister wait a minute i I, don't i can't talk about that right there (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) right right i'll let them know those Mm. boundaries but they Mm -hmm. become used to really including me that sometimes those things come up Mm -hmm. just naturally um, because they do include me. So I think that's the type of people that I would say, if you are um, single to surround yourself with good, healthy, um, married people, you know, if your married people are making you feel less than or diminishing you or putting you down, then those are the wrong friends to have, you know? Um, And the same thing as it relates to, if you're in a church environment where you're feeling um, ill-equipped because of your, your, your gender or because Mm -hmm. of your sin singleness, then maybe that's not the place for you. You know what I'm saying? We have enough battles out there to fight Mm -hmm. without having to fight, you know, um, where you're going to work battle because, you know, there's a, I mean, I just believe that there's a lot of jobs out there. And then even as we're leading, you know, I'm, you know, as I'm leading the organization, um, I'm not going to be apologetic mm. for leading this organization as a single female, mm-hmm. as a single mm-hmm. black female. You know, mm. I think that's an asset to um, yes. that God is going to use for his glory, you know. And so those are just I think 
those are the, the things it's like, you know, for, for um, a lot of singles out there, especially black women, if you're listening, you know, you know, find your thing. Mm. There's so much out there, you know, um, you know, that, that God is calling us to different places. Mm-hmm. We're not monolithic. We are different <laughs> in that. But just because you're married, you let me tell you, I meet a lot of insecure married women, Yeah, you know, that are still trying yeah. to figure out what, got what plan God has for their life. You know what I'm saying? And so we have a perfect opportunity now in this season to figure some of those things out, to Mm -hmm. get some things in place, you know, to work on ourselves, our inner being, you know, uh, uh, if we want to work on the outside, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, we have to do that, to go to school. Let me tell you, when I travel and I come back, you know, sometimes I'm like, ooh, I'm think I, I'm thankful I'm going home to a quiet house. Then I could take a nap on my couch know, and ain't nobody gonna bother me. <laughs> you know. Yep. You know, and I yep. and I I try to think on some of those things, like some of those benefits of you know of the season that I'm in right now. And I and I, I refer to mm-hmm. I refer to it as a season, like I said, I'm hopeful, you know, in, in the sense where yeah, you know, yeah. um that you know, God will bring that person along, but in the midst of that, I'm going to live my life. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Tasha, you had said something that got, that sparked something uh, for me when you were, you know, just talking about your mm-hmm. friends that you're your married friends and how they include you. Right. And they'll, uh, they'll talk to you and get advice from you about their kids and even their marriage and things like that, which I thought, I'm so glad you brought that up because, you know, you'll often hear people say, and marry people, don't talk to single people, try to get advice from single people who ain't been there, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, I'm sure, I'm sure you all have heard that. Uh, but, which I, I actually don't. Um, uh, but they get advice from Paul, but, though. But they, oh, oh, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Come on, Lisa, with that Bible. Yeah, come on with the Bible now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The Bible is a single man. Yeah. And and Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus who yeah. was is single. Or was single. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think um and so and to that I say, you know, uh I can speak because God has spoken, mm. right? In his word. That's the reason why I can speak. Now, obviously you can't get advice from anybody, but it shouldn't be their status. That should be the barometer. It should be their wisdom. Yes. Do they have yeah. wisdom? Do they have discernment? Are they filled with the yes. spirit? Do they hear yeah. the Lord? That's that's the standard, not whether I'm single or Very married. Good. So Very good. That's all I want to say. I can speak because God has yes. spoken. That's <laughs> good. I love that. That's all. I, love that's, it. I would like to... Um, to add that it, this kind of goes back to your first question, but I just came to mind was that mm. some of the women's ministries mm. actually do more damage to women mm. than they mm. do help. Um, mm. As far as just talking about marriage, the, the more popular <sighs> women's ministries often talk about marriage as if, if you get yourself oh, together, man. women, then yeah. your Adam or your, Boaz will find you. And it's like, you know, do you realize that some of the people that got married weren't technically biblical women or lived Uh (laughs) lives according to scripture? Uh There are some women who have been Uh uh, saving themselves from marriage and doing, quote unquote, living a biblical life that are without Uh husbands. So I think, you know, it's just not, Uh it's not an accurate depiction because you have women, I see it all the time that are like, trying to clean themselves up Mm -hmm. so the godly man can find them and then a girl who's not kind of living a life 
uh, that mm-hmm. honors God, quote unquote, gets the husband before them. And then they're confused and conflicted because they read this mm-hmm. women's book that told them that. Right. And it's, yeah. it's just very unhealthy because it's, it's like yep. you're seeking God so he can bless you with a husband. And that's just not, that's not reality. And, and we need to have healthy conversations around that's good. what that looks like. And also talk about the fact that there are some men, I have friends that are, they are preachers that didn't want the virtuous girl. They wanted the girl that they could have do some stuff with on the side. And that's who Uh-oh. they married. You know, they didn't marry the other girl because they had to come up. So if we have Belly. to be on, we have to be honest about those real realities that are happening. She dropped oh. that bob like tea. Dude. Okay, <laughs> she's serving that tea. I'm oh, I'm sipping. Uh, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and but that's the reality. Yeah. So I think that's true. We don't talk about that. We have people trying to get to this standard right. to get oh, somebody God. who's yeah. not really going to choose them. And you know, but and you know what that parallels with kind of a you know a works based salvation. You you can you can see a work based works based favor, right? You know, I will have the blessing of being considered this this you know virtuous woman if I do all these different steps uh, based on these social cultural standards, right? And right. and ultimately, we live a life that's mm-hmm. set apart mm-hmm. because of what Christ has done for us, what He has done for us, Amen. not even Grace. what we think He gonna do for us, right? Um, it's a complete work. It is done. And so, and that is, and that is a part of being, you know, we're the bride of the church because of what he has done for us. So, you know, we're going to, we're going to wrap up ladies because we could talk much, much Mm. longer, but, but, but I did want to, so, you know, a while back, someone mentioned kind of um, this, this competitiveness and this intimidation that we, people are accused of. And I remember several years ago, um, I had finished mm. graduate school and I remember a, a deacon in a church saying to my husband, well, you know, you're going to have to go. You can't let her outdo you. And I think and I think he said he said it in kind of a facetious way. But I think ultimately oh, wow. I thought about the pressure from other men, from men to other men about uh, women who are bright or accomplished or who bring something to the table. Right. And, it's, and so I. That whole, um, that sense of feeling like that there's a competition going on and that we have to have the the equal grades or the equal this or the equal that, Mm. you know, that's just, that's just not reality. You know, there are some things that, you know, I might be good at and that, and some things that my husband's really good at. And, um, and sometimes the experience that we have are 110% products of our privilege, um, in terms of economic, uh, you know, mobility or where we grew up or if we've had, you know, who was in our home and the way that things shake out, this kind of competitiveness. Like, so I can't only be with the person has this and, and I also have that. Um, but I'm thinking about the pressure that even men feel from other men um, that's, that stirs them away from women who might have assets to bring to the table, but their friends are kind of hype men in their ears saying like, I don't know if you can hang with her. You know, she might try to correct you when you're wrong. <laughs> right. So, um, which, which, mm-hmm. which a godly man would say, mm-hmm. thank you, Lord, for sending someone that can correct me when I'm wrong. <laughs> right. oh my God. So, but that, that's, that takes a lot. That's a lot of Christian maturity. That's my prayer for you all. If the Lord yeah. sees fit and if that's mm-hmm. even your heart's desire that he would meet it with, um, 
with men that would cover you with prayer and, and humility mm-hmm. and grace uh, and compassion and wisdom. Um, and that that would be something the church would would promote and teach that particular value. So I'm going to let each of y'all do your 30 seconds of of keeping it real inspiration to particularly to the sisters that are listening. Um, just, just pull into your bag of wisdom and just give them, just give them a little statement, a little word of, of, Hey sister, hold on. Well, Hey sisters. Um, I, I just want to tell you that you are enough. I think, um, the message that we get, uh, from the world and the church is that we are not enough and that we have to do something, uh, to perfect ourselves in order to reach this standard, you know, but we don't earn our blessings, right? If we earn them, that means it's a wage, which means that we're working for it. And our blessings are given to us out of God's abundant love and grace and mercy. Um, and so my advice is, uh, or my, my uh, exhortation is really for you to, um, to rest in uh, who God has made you to be and embrace that completely and fully uh, and and continue. If you desire to be married, continue to ask God, continue to, continue to seek um, and continue to sound, surround yourself around wise counselors and go to counseling because uh, I just believe everybody should. Uh, mm. But and, and just continue right to walk in a manner that's pleasing to God, no matter what. Do not compromise. Do not settle like this is not. And we have to remember mm-hmm. we're always living for eternity at the end of the day. And um, remember that you will wear a crown. We shall wear a crown. And at the end of the day, that's really all that matters. Mm-hmm. Marriage or no marriage, you're living for the Lord um, and and doing all and get all that he has for you. Um, my advice would be to be okay, be okay with your own company. Mm-hmm. Um. So many times, I mean, I travel, I, if I want to go out to dinner, I'll go and sit by myself, you know, enjoy my own company. I've been to the movies by myself. You can't wait for somebody else to come along to start living life. You have to live life now uh, because life is passing you by and marriage is not a guarantee. And you have, you have friends that you can do things with. If your friends can't do something with you, just don't not do anything, do it by yourself. Um, enjoy your own company, travel, do the work God has placed on your earth to do. Marriage doesn't start your life. And if you're waiting for marriage to come to live um, a life of purpose, then you're, you're, you're not um, living the abundant life that God has called us to live. So um, that would be my two cents. Yeah. And I would say, um, you know, marriage in it, in it, in and of itself is not going to um, complete complete you. Jesus completes you, and so if you, those same insecurities that you have today, you're going to have when you're married. And so I would just say, I you know, I want to leave people, you know, just with the word of God. You made me in all your delicate and inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marveling how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life, you recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me? They cannot be numbered. I cannot count them. 
they are outnumbered by the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. And so if anything, we need to remember that, that we are on the hearts of God and that God loves us and he enjoys us and he wants to be with us and he created us so he knows everything about us. And I would say, rest in that, you know, and that's, and, and I'm saying this to you because I'm not telling you something I'm not walking out, but this is what, this is what I embrace and this is what I know about the God that created me, that he knows me, he sees me, he hears me, and he knows the desires of my heart. So, you know, rest in that. Thank you, sisters. Thank you. That is a word of balm and truth for for everybody. (laughs) For people going in, going out, going through. That is a bomb of truth, and it is it is the truth that sustains yes. us. So, Mr. Kimberly, will you close us out today? Let them know what they can do with Truth Table. Well, you know, that was, yeah, that was so powerful, y'all. Thank you, Tasha and Lisa, for coming to the table with us to talk about um, this subject, about singleness and, and the Black thank woman. You yeah, you are. yeah, thank y'all. Um, and we thank you all for living it out, you know, by God's grace, right? You know, we are living this out and helping to encourage our sisters. So thank y'all very much. Um, and of course, we want to thank our listeners for taking a seat at the table with us this week. Let's keep the conversation going. Tweet us your thoughts about Hidden in Plain Sight Single Black Women. Uh, use the hashtag TruthTable. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at TruthTable or email us your thoughts at AskTruthTable at gmail.com. You can also book TruthTable so we can bring the table to you um, on our website, TruthTable.com. Uh, don't forget to rate and review the show on iTunes and subscribe on the Satchel Podcast Player. TruthTable is made possible in part by Pottery Studios. Visit Pottery.com for the highest in quality online audio entertainment our producer for the show is joshua heath and our executive producer is bo york we have been your hosts the and christina and we'll see you soon on the next truth table bye y'all